So welcome back to the cast of characters. Today we'll be talking about the hit show of the year so far, far in Marvel's WandaVision with my guest Joshua Pruitt and Mr. Kirk. The topics for this episode is what happened in WandaVision? What do you think about the last episode? Was there a hit and miss in your opinion? What your favorite episode was and why? Who was your favorite character in the show? How do you think they did for it being the first piece of content for phase four? What are you looking forward in the future of the MCU, and what are you looking forward in the new Disney Plus show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? With that being said, Mr. Perkins, what happened in WandaVision? So WandaVision at its core is kind of like this story about uh, grief, um, and maybe even the seven seven stages of grief in that, you know, it, it examines um, Wanda's initial hurt, and then she progresses through those stages and through the decades to... Uh, to try to deal with the loss of vision from um, Endgame, uh, or not? I'm sorry, not Endgame, Infinity Wars. Um, so it's also at the same time it's an ode to television from those different eras. Um, there was uh, consulting producers brought in on, especially the episodes from the 50s. Um, I know Dick Van Dyke was brought in as a consulting producer um, for some of that stuff. Uh, to kind of get the feel of how uh, TV was at that time. Um, and honestly, for me as a TV fan, it was... I'm also a Marvel fan, but for me, it was more about... Um, it, it was a better show about uh, the history of television, almost. Or, or Marvel's history of television. Um, but basically what happens in the show is... Uh, it happens. It starts right after the snap... Um, and we're presented with this cast of characters, um, plug for the uh, podcast name, and um, they progress through um, Wanda controlling the small town in um, in New Jersey, and then eventually you get to the point to where there is an incredible uh, resolution to it. Um, and I say incredible because it it kind of had a similar ending to the Incredibles movie, but um, overall the the show is, um, I, I feel like it's a really good way to do a hero's backstory. Um, and I'll just give my commentary on this part and then I'll leave it at that. But <clears throat> I'm so tired of watching Batman movies and having to watch uh, Martha Wayne die every time. Um, and this is a way for these TV shows coming for Disney Plus is a good way to... Um, to kind of get out a character's backstory um, and thoroughly flush it out, but not detract from the movies and not have to rehash it every time. Same thing in a Marvel sense goes for uncle Ben dying in every movie. It seemed like so having, having a TV show and working that out through a TV show, I think is also a, a parallel for Marvel <laughs> working out some of their storytelling issues and finding a way to tell a story and encapsulate it within a limited run TV series so that they can set aside the movies for tackling uh, larger issues. Do you have anything to say about it, Josh? What he said I actually think that Mr. Perkins hit on a lot of points that I was going to kind of answer throughout some of the questions that you that you brought up at the yeah. beginning. I mean, sorry about that. 
<laughs> oh, no, I'll, I'll definitely expand on, on some of that throughout the show. But like, I, I agree, you know, it was a story about about grief and loss and how this very powerful superhero dealt with that that grief and created this this reality with it. And it it was I think one of the best parts about it. And, and I'll talk about this again uh, later, but it it was a good way to bring back the MCU after being gone for so long because we, we see Endgame and we're like, that was one of the best movies of our generation in terms of like excitement and all, all these people showing up. I mean, I was in the theater standing up cheering at some points. I mean, it was awesome. And and then WandaVision comes along like a, a year and a half later and it's like, hold my beer. And it's just, it's freaking awesome. Just, it brought the community back together as we start off phase four and that's just cool. It was me, I feel like with me and Josh, we were both missing something in our hearts for like a year and a half. So when one vision <laughs> came back, I was like, okay, it's gonna be something. So like it is in my opinion, it's probably Marvel's best effort at action storytelling for like the entire time. Like it was the best story that we've seen in a Marvel interview type of scenario. So, and I think that Marshall, uh, not Marshall, Marvel has kind of conditioned us um, over the over the last decade of these movies has conditioned us to expect um, two to three of these movies every year. And so when we don't get that, we're like just fiending for something. And honestly, I think it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, it was actually quite amazing. But I think WandaVision could have come out and been complete trash. And just because it was something in that Marvel universe after being deprived of it for so long, so long, just being a year and a half, um, people still would have ate it up. But it's actually a good point. I didn't think about too much, but I mean, you're probably right. I mean, people were just so hungry for content. It could have, it could have been terrible, but I for one thought it was great. And I know a lot of people were disappointed by the finale, or I think just expected more, maybe. But it was a great show to me. So I'll go first on this one. But what did you think about the last episode? Was it hit or miss? Well, rewatching it again, um, I thought it was a pretty good episode. But at first, I was kind of upset because they lost. Like, I mean, there's a lot of plot, plot holes, like in their storytelling at the ending and stuff. Like, what happened to the kids? Like, where's like Monica going? But you kind of know where she's going. And everything but i just kind of wish that paul bettany really never said in his interview like oh there's a special cameo and then it turns out just to be himself i think that was a lot of a big part of where people's disappointment came from yeah. everyone was expecting something else and they were let down by that so they were not focused on this beautiful ending at all yeah because i was i mean i was telling josh i'm like john kaczynski better be <laughs> episode eight or whatever or whatever when they had that office intro I looked at Josh, I was like, oh my God, here it is. And then it was like nothing. So like, I feel like a lot of people say it's a miss because they, their fan theories got so high and like just circulating, everybody's getting their hopes up. But if you watched it again, the episode of me is really like amazing for what they did and what's gonna be up to in the future. I definitely think it was a hit. Um, I think it was a hit as a, as a Marvel fanboy and also just as a, as a critical TV watcher, I think it was a hit. And I make that distinction because I think there was so much hype out there from all these different channels like Screen Rant and CBR and people just doing like behind the scenes 
what do these things mean? You know, is Mephisto behind all this? Is there like all of these hidden elements and stuff like that? But if those videos did a good job of hyping up the hardcore fan base, and so I could see why some of them might feel that it was a miss. But I think if you look at it um, objectively um, as a show, if you knew nothing about the Marvel universe at all, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of in the way that, um, that winter soldier, uh, was for me watching, um, the Captain America winter soldier movie is that that's a good movie on its own merits. And if you took away these people having superpowers, it would still be a good spy international political thriller type movie. And I think WandaVision, um, on its own merits outside of anything that's going on in the, in the MCU and is, is mutants going to come in Is a fantastic four going to come in. Um, you know, it's captain, uh, captain Marvel going to come in or something like that. I think out of all that, it's, you know, that's great for the hardcore fans, but if you just look at it as just a fan of television, it's, it's a really thought out and well-planned show from start to finish. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with that. I actually made the point a while back because some, somebody was talking to me about how it, it's somebody that doesn't watch, keep up with the MCU as much as I do. But the, and the reason I say that is because they were basically saying, like, they really need to just stop making these movies. You know, when are they? They've made so many. Like, when are they going to stop? Just as any long running franchise, all of the hate that those types of things get. But the comment that I made that I think is great about the MCU in general is just, you can watch almost any of those movies and, and now shows on their own. And you're going to miss some context here and there if you don't know what's going on. But for the most part, you can watch any of that stuff individually and it's great by itself. And I think that's, that's what's great about for all of its faults. I think that's, what's great about, Disney being in control of this content because that's been their moniker for years, especially with their movies. There's stuff in there and their theme parks to a certain extent. There's stuff in there that is, it, it looks like it's specifically targeted towards one audience, but all audiences can appreciate little things in it. Um, like if you take a movie like uh, Frozen's coming to mind for some reason, but there's so many things in there that if you're, if you're like one of my friend's kids who's five years old, watches it and likes to scream the songs at the top of her lungs, appreciates it for one reason, and I appreciate it for it being a pretty funny comedy with some side uh, adult humor in it. So um, I think that that business model, if we're going to break it down to a business model, has been incorporated into, um, into the MCU. I'd also like to add that I think that... Um, Having watched a lot of slow burn type TV, I think that people are jumping the gun a little bit, um, especially fans out there, by wanting all of these people to come in, um, all these villains and heroes to come into the show because it took so long for Marvel as a comic book. It took decades in the comics for them to develop these complex storylines. And, and now that people have gone out and consumed all this material, um, they just have such high expectations like this leads to this leads to this leads to this. And I think that's also a good move on Disney's part by releasing it 
every one, one episode a week instead of the binge uh, mode because it gives us time to digest and more importantly it gives the super fans time to speculate um, in between each, each episode of what's going on. That's half the fun. Half the fun yeah. is speculating, come up with theories. Yeah, I mean for me it was immediate like I, I have friends that would like watch it um, at midnight um, when it would come out on Fridays and I wouldn't watch it until Friday afternoon, uh, mainly because I had a lot of work to do. But when I watched it Friday afternoon, I could watch it and then I could immediately go into fan theory videos or something else on a, on YouTube about it, or I could read an article about what somebody thought was behind this. So, and so with the, this is spoiler, but with Evan Peters coming in, um, what was your initial reaction when you saw him? Um, Josh, go ahead. Okay. Well, I need to think. You see, I'm going to tell you my initial reaction, and then I'm going to tell you about how I felt, how this ended up. My initial reaction, I, I, I was watching this episode with Alex, you know, it was just, I think it was just me and him here that night. And so we were watching it on the couch and he had no idea who that was. He's never seen any of the X-Men movies. And as soon as like, I thought it was, I had no idea who I thought it was at first as I kind of like built up to it. It was, it was really exciting. But as soon as I saw his face, I was like out of my seat like this. I was like, Holy crap, that's Evan Peters. And Alex was like, I don't know what's going on. And I, I was like, just explaining everything to him. And it, it was, it was really cool. I didn't think that they were going to be bringing in like a, like a whole, like this was the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. But I, I will say I am kind of disappointed that he just kind of ended up being this random person that Agatha manipulated. So I don't really know how I felt about it. I, I do like his character a lot. I like Evan Peters' Quicksilver a lot. He's a really fun, playful character. But as far as my actual reaction to it, like I, I was, I lost my mind. Yeah, I think for me it was <laughs> it was good seeing him in there and I really enjoyed um I enjoyed his character um in I think that was Apocalypse that he was in. But um I really enjoyed the Quicksilver character in those movies. Um and I kind of felt like in Age of Ultron that they did uh Quicksilver wrong <laughs> in a certain sense. Um so I like a lot of people humped, hopped on the the bandwagon of maybe this is like a multiverse thing, and maybe she went and grabbed a uh, or Agatha grabbed a a random person out of uh, out of the X Men universe and brought them over here uh, that had similar powers and stuff like that. Um, but I I think that it's um, I think that it's great that they found a way to incorporate. Um, a character from the Fox universe. Um, and in the end, it ended up being more or less a joke because it's, uh, here's this person and people lost their mind like we did and went crazy over speculations and theories. And, you know, I, I keep thinking that, uh, that picture of, uh, Charlie day from it's always sunny in Philadelphia where he's like rubbing his hand and like pointing at stuff on the wall, like how it all connects kind of stuff. People were going crazy about that. But in the end it was just, you know, Hey, 
this guy was available, um, and we decided to bring him in and mess with people. There was a scene. Oh, I'm sorry. There was a scene early on uh, in the show. I'm just gonna say something quick. Where they, when they finally, like when they first realized, when Shield realized that you know the whole this whole TV show was happening, and they were like putting up the little boards and stuff in the background. I was like, this is literally every hardcore Marvel fan right now with this actual show, and then they were just up there trying to make connections to everything. I just thought that was funny. Well, for me though, um, I really I like I like the Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson and um, Age of Ultron and everything, but I liked how. WandaVision brought a Quicksilver in. I really like. I like how they brought that in to give you like a little, bit, like on the edge of your seat, like, "Ooh, why is he here? What's gonna happen?" And everything. Yeah. I re- I really love that part of what they did because I I feel like if they didn't have um, Aaron Peters in it, the show would not have been the same. Like Aaron Peters really made like those last four like those last four episodes until nine and eight, but like that little Gavin's like. Five, six, seven. He was like really the main part of that, in my opinion. Until Agatha and it, it was Agatha all along, and all that came apart and everything. That song slaps. Yeah, I know it does. Um, so, and I, I also thought I just I looked this up on Google because I was curious, but it, it's funny you brought up Aaron Taylor Johnson because I forgot that he replaced Evan Peters was replaced by Aaron Taylor Johnson in the kick-ass movies, which is technically also part of the Marvel universe. So that's just something that's surprising to me. Feel free to that part out. (laughs) Um, So like Agatha is, so Agatha Harkness is the, so like you can call her the villain of um, WandaVision or you can call Wanda just kind of what your opinion is. Like, She's not the ordinary villain that we've seen so far in the MCU. So what was your opinion on her? Like she's probably the best actress in the or the best actor, actress, whatever in the whole entire show. But like what was your opinion on her, like her take of it? On Agatha? Yeah, like her like her villainy or whatever. Um Okay, so You know what I'm saying? I was there there yeah, I think I think so. The what I like about um, Catherine Hahn, which is the person who plays Agatha, she was the female Doc Ock in Into the Spider Verse, which is my favorite movie for anybody. <laughs> um, so she's already had kind of experience. I mean, that was a voice acting role, but she's had some experience playing a villain uh, in, in a Marvel universe. But I think I personally think she did really well as Agatha. I'm kind of glad that they didn't kill her off at the end or anything because. I'd be interested to see if she ever comes back at some point and plays a role in something else, maybe even possibly as an ally. Just my my thoughts. But I thought she did a great job. I mean, it, it wasn't one of those things where I think I was like, "Holy crap, this is the best performance I've I've ever seen." But I mean, she I mean she did good. I I think I think I knew and a lot of people knew that something was fishy about her character from the beginning, just with her name and everything. And anybody who, like you said earlier, anybody who reads the comics is going to speculate or knows anything about Marvel at all is going to start speculating stuff anyway. But I enjoyed her character a lot. I think that, um, I think that that definitely kind of going back to the comics, I think that that would kind of tie in better with, her uh, comic book role as a mentor and making her a potential ally in the future. Um, but I'm going to have to 
break away from Will and say that I don't think that she was an amazing performance in that, but I don't think she was the best. I think that for me, that goes to Elizabeth Olsen, um, especially in, and I don't know if it's because of camera placement on uh, Matt Shankman's part or what the deal was, but the expressiveness in all of these different roles and different periods, um, Catherine Hahn's character kind of had, I don't want to say she was two dimensional, but she had two modes. She had Agatha mode and she had Agnes mode. Um, and that kind of evolved slightly throughout the show. But, um, Elizabeth Olsen was just all over the place. Like each episode, there was so many different um, emotions being conveyed and the shots were so well done that just facial expressions and everything. I, I, I know that typically stuff like the, the golden globes and the Emmys um, tends to overlook um, like more uh, supernatural slash comic book type acting. But I think all things considered, um, she definitely took her time off during the, uh, during the pandemic to like beef up on her acting skills. Cause it was, it was great. Um, and seeing that transition and there was cues of this in the series also about like what happened to your accent and how she, she adapted to each timeline and grew just in her emotions throughout the series was really impressive to me. I was actually going to, going to add, add on to that too. Like the, the way that she's able to portray the, these kind of characters from each of the sitcoms she was replicating. I mean, she she was hitting each of them like, yeah, I I was going to like use a phrase there, but I can't spit it out. Right. But she was, (laughs) hitting them perfectly it was fantastic when it got to like the uh towards the end when it got to like the modern family era of shows i like i I was a big fan of malcolm in the middle and modern family i've seen both of those shows pretty much all the way through i don't watch as much as the older sitcoms but i've seen like some episodes of some of them but i was like oh my god that's claire dunphy and Uh it it was hilarious i mean i didn't think like i mean i I know i said it but like Agatha and Elizabeth Olsen, like, they're the two main actresses in the show, and, like, they both did amazing, but, like, just Agatha's, like, take on what she did was different than, like, we've ever seen before, like, oh, this is, we're going to change the universe, I want to change the universe, like, Thanos was. Agatha really, like, was a puppet master, kind of, just bringing Aaron Peters in there, like, we see in the song, and then she killed the dog. It's just, like, she's not really catfishing per se but like having she's like a two-faced like oh i'm your best friend but i'm also killing everybody you love and all that and that might have been the intention in i guess sort of limiting her character to kind of like i keep going back to two um like a two-sided character that might have been the intention in having her play that either like she's full-on suburban housewife agnes (laughs) or she's full-on evil villain Agatha. Um, and I think that they did a really good job of um, conveying that, and I think Catherine Hahn did an excellent job of acting that. Um, Will, if I could ask, what was um, what was your favorite episode in all of that? Uh, I don't really have, like, a favorite episode, per se, but I have, like, a favorite, like, probably two favorite scenes. So, like, um, 
when Wanda's going through all her memories and she gets the, um, I forget what stone it is, but when she finds the stone and everything, she's like going through her childhood and then she picks out the actual video that she watches with her family for the sitcom. I forget what sit sitcom it was, but um, she actually picks it out and that's the one that the like first or the second episode was based off of. I found that really cool how they kind of just went all around together. And then I really like um, the very end when Wanda is saying goodbye to Vision and the Hex is coming in and like they're talking about like and Vision's trying to um, like apologize and say I also love you and everything. And Wanda's explaining why she did everything. That was probably, I mean, that really touched my heart. Like I teared up a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, the show's ended and everything. And then probably, um, probably my third favorite scene is when Vision and Vision are talking in the library and they're talking about boats like out of all things i call that the previous week because as soon as we saw the white vision at the end of that last episode i was like this there's going to be a whole like philosophical argument about who's the real vision i, I literally said that and I, that's what happened yeah when they were talking about boats i'm like what the heck is happening right now but then like vision the the vision we know gave the white vision his memories and everything and then the white vision just flies off. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. So what's y'all's think, favorite scene or episode? Um, so for me, um, just because of the kind of uh kind of TV that I like to watch, um, I really I really like the first two episodes. Um, I kind of got um, I know that Multiverse of Madness is supposed to be sort of like the first um, psychological horror type uh, entrance into the MCU, but I was kind of getting those vibes um, in the first episode and the second episode. I mean, I know for a lot of people, those are probably not their favorite because it is, they're, even though they're the shortest episodes, there's a really slow burn and like, how stuff is going and then in episode three it kind of kicks off to like okay this is a marvel show i got yeah. it but those first two episodes to me were more like um they could have been one episode in my mind because they were both of a similar mindset and um just a similar a similar era um my favorite scene actually is um the it's the scene where uh, Deborah Dro Rupp's uh, character's husband is choking at the dinner table, and she's just sitting there like saying "Stop it, stop it!" Like she's locked in some sort of like like dream type phase. And oh, for man. me, I'm a huge fan of um, of David Lynch. I don't know if y'all uh, follow any of his stuff. He he did a series back in the '90s called Twin Peaks that had a revival recently, but. That scene to me, like just watching this as like a critical TV viewer, I was like, did did they like sneak David Lynch in the side door and let him direct this like ten minutes of this episode? Um, and I could see a lot of other instances throughout the series of where it's like, is this is all the same guy directing and facilitating this? But there's so many you can just see all the influences from different people that he liked. So. Um, I'll, I'll shut up, but I could go on forever about like the the TV tribute side of that kind of thing. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Uh, my favorite episode might be one one of the least eventful is after things start to get going. To be honest, it's probably 
episode six, which is the Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I, I think I really just like it's a Quicksilver heavy episode. First of all, <laughs> back to Evan Peters, you know, I like his character a lot. But there's just something. It, it's like one of the only episodes where we really see for the last time, like all of them together with Wanda's kids, you know, growing up and everything. And they're, they kind of get their powers in that episode. And it, it just kind of feels like a quirky family drama for the last time almost before everybody kind of gets split up and gets into their own thing as we head towards the finale. But I don't know. I enjoyed that episode a lot. There's just something fun about it. So let's do, like, what's our favorite character now? But for me, I'm not going to pick Wanda. I'm not going to pick Vision. I'm not going to pick Agatha. For me, it was probably Wu and Darcy are probably tied together. Because you just have Wu just cracking jokes. And then when he meets Monica, he does his little magic trick he learns in Ant-Man. And then you have freaking Darcy, who's amazing. when she gets, like, to be the person that, like, gets out of the straight jacket and whatever. It's just, like, when they're on screen, you know you're about to laugh your butt off, like. That, like those two characters for me made this show. I like Wu a lot. I I would deviate a little bit from that and say that up until the last episode, I would say Darcy is my favorite character. But she was my favorite character in um, in the Thor movies as well. Um, but I feel that she was kind of underutilized in the last episode. Um, so I would have to give overall series of uh, favorite character to uh to agnes or agatha all along yeah. i was good i would say she was probably my second favorite character and, and just honestly even just backing off what you said i liked Wu a lot too so maybe maybe he's up there as well i gotta say though i thoroughly enjoyed the twins like if I can pair them together for number one, like Billy and Tommy and the, act, the actors that they got to, to play like the 10 year old versions of them. I, I like their characters a lot. I cannot wait to see what happens with them in the future. I, I'm so excited. Same here. So with I this- agree. And I like the idea of putting them kind of, if, if this is going to at some point expand into like a young Avengers uh, type movie or series, I like the idea of keeping those same actors um, and maybe yes. letting them age a little bit, but then uh, keeping those same actors in that role. Yeah, that's what I want to see happen. So with this like being the first part of phase four after the past three phases, how do you think they started off? Like you think this is going to be better or you think it's going to be like, eh, with this multiverse because people have different opinions on it. I, mean, I said it earlier in the show that I thought this was, just a great way to bring back the MCU in general after yeah. such a long break. You know, we've kind of reignited the excitement for Marvel movies again. But as as far as the whole multiverse thing goes, I don't think anybody's upset about that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I think people are more or less just anxious waiting on some little detail that finally gives way into all of the other possibilities. For me, though, I'm more excited about the multiverse where we can see, like, see different things we thought we never seen before. So I feel like they're going to go more of the magic cosmic route mm-hmm. with like introducing Adam Warlock and Nova and all that. I'm not, I'm happy that we're going to be going to different worlds and all that, like can you see in the Guardians movie and not so much focusing on Avengers Tower and New York. Because after a while, New York was getting tired. I'm like, let's like, we go somewhere else or something. I will say yeah, the, that, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, just say the New York that was shot in Chicago. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. 
I didn't. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, there you go. You're getting tired of looking at Chicago, Will. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I was I was just gonna kind of add on that. I don't really know whether they're gonna introduce a lot of the the multiverse stuff in spider-man or or doctor strange though or maybe even before then i mean i don't think we're really looking at a lot of the other movies too much just a lot of the main titles that we already know but there's a lot of new stuff coming and i don't i feel like a lot of that stuff especially since some of them are lesser known characters is probably just going to be more origin story type things but i mean who knows so we're going to wrap the show up here soon but so what are you looking forward to most for me me personally i'm i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to more of this type entertainment um i really i enjoy the movie experience as much as anyone else i i like josh i was in the theater you know cheering and all this stuff and uh, you know, trying not to look at other people whenever Tony Stark died kind of stuff. But <laughs> I think that um, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg made some comment, I think it was back in like 2012 or 2013, that said that within the next 20 years, studios are going to implode and that the next big thing is television. Um, and we've we've seen over the last few years that that shift from um, traditional broadcast television to streaming services. Now um, and you look at it with the star Wars universe, there's so many TV shows coming out for the star Wars universe. And we've already got three uh, with Loki uh, captain America or, or sorry, uh, Falcon and the winter soldier and, um, and WandaVision out right now that I, I just can't wait to see how that expands. Um, I'm, I still want to be around for the big movies, for the Hallmark moments in this MCU saga, but I'm also totally here for smaller, um, more well-told stories. Well, I, I'll be a little more specific, I guess, with, with my response in regards to what I'm looking forward to in the MCU. Uh, and that, honestly, that's just probably the Loki series for me. I think that's what I'm most excited for. Uh, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. So, I mean, I'm obviously excited for the third installment of that. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I think that I think I might have said this in your first episode. But I think that Loki has the best or if it's not one of the best, it's definitely the best character arcs in the entire franchise. It, it is phenomenal. And Tom Hiddleston plays Loki fantastically. And now we've gone back to a time where he doesn't have all that growth that he's had over the last couple of years. You know, we're, we're, we're back to this 2012 Loki getting shot to who knows where with the TVA and Owen Wilson. I'm freaking excited for Owen Wilson. But I mean, yeah, that's probably the show I'm most excited for. Uh, or, or just piece of content that we know of so far that I'm most excited for. For me, I'm excited for Loki and everything, but like how I'm like, I just, like, I'm not really a fan of just anybody. I'm just a fan of the MCU in a whole. So I'm really excited to see like the teaser they dropped in Guardians 2 without a Morlock. I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see Nova. 
I'm really excited to see uh, the new Spider-Man movie that's coming out. Just to see Tom Holland back in action or Mike Monkey or whatever his name was. Uh, just like see that part, the theatric part of the MCU. That, like the shows are amazing and everything. But I'm just excited to see what they originally started off doing. I'm just ready to see that come back and everything. And that's my I think if if I had to be specific about what characters, I I, I guess I was kind of long-winded in what kind of media I want to see coming out of the MCU. But if I'm going to talk about what I'm most excited to see, um, I'm really excited to see more stuff on uh, the Eternals and more stuff on mutants and more stuff on interconnectivity um, between different... um, different parts of the MCU and just expanding like right now the lens is so contracted and I'm making hand motions on an audio podcast, but the, the lens is so focused right now on just this particular part of the universe. Um, and there was a little bit of expansion with that, with the introduction of sword, um, and a little bit with the introduction of, um, the multiverse and Dormammu and all this other stuff and Dr. Strange. Um, I think that there's good foundations for um, these different areas of the Marvel universe, as far as mutants, magic, technology, and gods. And I, I just look forward to the ever expanding scope of the universe as a whole. So with Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming out next week, pretty much, um, what are you looking forward to most about the show? Because it's not more of a scary, per se, show. It's more of a sci-fi show. So, like, what are you looking forward to most about it? Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I'll i say the relationship between Sam and Bucky. That That's what I'll go with. I like Sam and, and Bucky a lot, but they're also these two very different characters who just happened to be mutual best friends with Steve Rogers, who's has now expired. So, you know, like the, I'm excited to see how they play off of each other. And from the trailers, it looks like it's almost going to be kind of comedic. So I'll say that I'm excited to see these two characters together. I'm definitely getting kind of a, kind of an odd couple vibe also from that, you know, kind of the, the more progressive guy and the more uh, conservative guy, you know, like hook up to help, you know, defeat some uh, massive big bad kind of thing. That's, that's appealing to me. But I, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm most excited to get back into that world of like espionage and international thriller stuff that happened in uh, the Captain America winter soldier movie. For me, um, since, Falcon and the, Winter, and the Winter Soldier, Bucky, were such minor characters in the whole MCU for the first three phases and everything. I'm excited to see them get their own show, get their spotlight, and see what they could be in the future. Because like they were kind of like a like an Ant Man, kind of like a a Wanda in the first three parts of the MCU, not really at everything, not really doing much. Because like Ant Man's like on house arrest or whatever, so he only shows up for certain parts. And Bucky is MIA, don't know where he went. And then you have Falcon, who this is like, oh, Captain Rogers is about to die. Let me show up and save the world. Like, I'm really excited to see 
that part and like Josh said the comedic really about it I just feel like that's just gonna make it like really like be a good show like MCU can't, can't go wrong they could just make poop and everybody's gonna be on it like, as long as Kevin Feige's in charge we're safe yeah <laughs> <laughs> Don't get don't get um anybody started with the you know who's in charge of Star Wars. <laughs> what, Alex in Star Wars, yeah. No oh, man. I I kinda go back to um like I watch a lot of screen rant videos about uh, about the Marvel universe and every time they mention Kevin Feige, they they always have a halo and like an angelic sound uh on him whenever he comes on the screen, so so, are there any final statements or questions that you want to bring up before we end it? Anything that you wanted to say? Um, I just like to say thanks for having me on. It was it was good talking with you guys about this. Um, I'm really enjoying. Um, if I could get a plug in for y'all's podcast, I'm really enjoying Cast of Characters, and I'm really enjoying Conspiracy Mind. Uh, both of those are are really good. Um, Conspiracy Mind kind of freaked me out with the ghost episode a little bit, but um, at least in the intro, I was I listened to that much and I was like, nah, I know the rest is okay. I'm not going to listen to it because I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the uh, of scary stuff, um, but or or certain scary things. I guess um, ghost kind of freaked me out. Anyway, but um, that's a topic for another day. I, I would uh, I'd also give a plug for the uh, the class podcast that I'm doing uh, called Pandemic Pedagogy, uh, where we talk about the different uh, changes that have been made in education uh, since we had this pandemic. Um, and the only other thing that I would like to say before I ruin your podcast by rambling too much is I think you guys should examine at some point uh, the Snyder Cut comes out on what the 18th. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's worth an exa- examination. I'm I'm really more of a I grew up more of a as a DC fanboy than as a Marvel fanboy, and um, I keep hoping at some point they're going to get their due and that these characters will will reach their potential. Um, I really enjoyed Shazam, um, but I think that um, there's been a a lot of bad decisions made on that end um, and not to hijack your podcast talking about the Snyder cut, but I have high hopes for it. I have high expectations and I hope that it turns out well. What about you, Josh? Well, I'll start off by just building off of what he just said. (laughs) I'm not really a big DC fan at all. So um, I've always been a Marvel fanboy growing up. That hasn't changed pretty much at all. But I, I do agree. I think that the DC's had a bad rap so far. I, I did enjoy Shazam. That was like one of the good ones out of way way too many bad ones. But uh, yeah, we won't get into that anyway. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on as well. I enjoyed having this discussion. I mean, it's my pleasure to have y'all here and everything. So with that all being said, thank you for uh, for my guest Joshua Pruitt and Mr. Perkins for spending time with me today talking about the show we love and WandaVision. For episode six, we'll be talking about the sequels for, for the Star Wars series with Alex Galbraith and John DeLorda. There will be heated conversation and, pass, and passionate arguments about the sequels. So you really want to tune into this one because you're going to be laughing your butt off. But um, please tune in next week. Thank you for listening.